Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Alice Burton. Alice is the program manager for animal control and shelter liaison at Alley Cat Allies. She was formerly the chief animal control in Arlington County, Virginia. For 14 years, Alice had been providing animal control services through the Animal Welfare League of Arlington. During her tenure, Alice saw a major shift in the county's approach to feral cats. The county shifted from not supporting trap, neuter, return at all to hosting community TNR workshops and subsidizing spay-neuter services for feral cats. Alice and her team of animal control officers supported and regularly implemented TNR as part of their life-saving work, and they also built lasting relationships with caregivers in the community. Alice, welcome to the show. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So I was wondering, Alice, how did, how did you get started? I, I see you were started out in animal control, but did you have any other um, beginnings with uh, animal welfare and community cats? I really didn't, to be honest with you. Um, it all started with animal control. But, you know, with Alley Cat Allies, which obviously is who I work for now, you know, they started in 1990 when uh, Becky Robinson started caring for some cats in the, just the D.C. alley. And the next thing you know, her phone was ringing off the hook for folks who needed help and uh, knew where more cats were. And, you know, 26 years later, you know, here Alley Cat Allies is the foremost organization helping cats, all cats, across the nation. And Becky and I formed a friendship a long time ago, and uh, I was doing animal control in Arlington, and we implemented TNR as an organization. And unfortunately, I have to say, I was not a fan of TNR. I did not support it. And the next thing you know, after six months of TNR being implemented, I saw how it was working. I saw the positive effects. I saw the community happier. I saw that there was less euthanasia in the shelter. And the next thing you know, I uh, I started helping with TNR and myself, my officers. We, uh, as you said, we routinely, routinely went out and we were helping with TNR and we saw how it worked. And we became a fan of the program. And then I worked with Alley Cat Allies. I spoke at their conference and started talking to people about TNR and the benefits. And then last year... Um, I resigned from my position in January. I started with Alley Cat Allies, and uh, I guess the rest is history. So did you felt that you had been in the animal control world enough, and now you'd like to share your experiences with other animal control officers around the country? Is that the, the theory behind your new position? It is. I think that with me being someone who, again, did not believe in TNR, but I actually saw it work firsthand. I think that I can share that experience. And not just that, but I saw the numbers improve through TNR. I saw the number of complaints go from, you know, over 500 one year down to 47 two or three years later. Uh, these were nuisance cat complaints. And, you know, this allowed 
our officers to be able to concentrate their efforts on things that they should be dealing with, like the cruelty complaints, uh, the health complaints, and, and the community outreach. And so that's why, like I said, you know, that's why I started talking to other agencies and letting them know, you know, TNR does work. So from an animal controls side, you're saying that, you know, TNR makes their job easier by embracing TNR in the community and partnering with the groups that are there doing TNR. So instead of saying, okay, you know, you're on your side of the street and I'm on my side of the street, which in many communities, a TNR group will just sort of say, okay, you know, you stay where you are and I'll stay where I am and we just won't try and cross paths too often. You're what you're hoping to encourage is more of a, a collaborative partnership to uh, be able to support TNR more publicly, maybe, than would have been done in the past. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, with the caregivers, a lot of times if the, the caregivers, if the animal control agency is not supporting TNR, the caregivers are afraid. They're going to sort of stay in the shadows. But what this allowed is it allowed a relationship between our officers and the caregivers throughout the community. So we were able to know the caregivers, and we were able to build these relationships. We knew where the cats were, and it also allowed us to work with them and implement better practices. You know, the the caregivers weren't sneaking around feeding the cats because they felt threatened. You know, they were able to put feeding stations out. They were able to put the shelters out, and, you know, we even had the Boy Scouts, um, you know, they had a project where they built feral shelters, and we were able to give those out to the community, and we would have food that was donated. We would have folks that would, they would actually call our, our offices or stop by if they needed some food. And even those that didn't need food, we would drop off some food. And what that did is that enabled the officers to keep that rapport going, keep that relationship going. And we were able to look at what they had going on with the colonies and make sure everything was being kept clean and to let them know that if they needed help, that we were there. So in your position, so if there was somebody who's doing TNR or either an organization or just an individual doing trap new to return in a community and, you know, they haven't really developed much of a relationship with their animal control, would you have a recommended process for how to approach them? Uh, for the animal control officers to approach the caregivers or vice versa? No, the other way, the other way around. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're a caregiver and you are, um, you know, the, your community has implemented TNR, you know, just reach out to the shelter, reach out to the animal control officers, give them a chance, start that dialogue. Because a lot of times just the fear of the dialogue alone is so intimidating that it just doesn't happen. It, it just it hinders any possible productive conversation. Just go ahead and reach out to them. And remember that, you know, they, they know about TNR and they have to give it a chance and you have to give them a chance to accept it. But they also have a lot of other things going on throughout their day. So just begin the conversation and the education of it. Um, and I found when working with animal control officers is, you know, trying to offer them um, information that they can then share with the public or share with, you know, all those calls that come in. You know, even if there's just putting together a rescue group, puts together a little cheat sheet on various low-cost spay-neuter options 
and they give that to the animal control officer. I think they find having information that they can share with the public is also very helpful. Um, Absolutely. Sometimes they don't even have the time to research. In in Massachusetts here, we have a lot of free spay-neuter clinics for ferals on, on the weekends. And, but it's done by a variety of different groups. So just putting together even a list of all of the groups on one page, you know, all the available free spay-neuter clinics and getting that to animal control is it's just helpful information for them because, you know, a, a complaint call that then has an answer doesn't become a complaint call because the issue has been resolved by answering, you know, a low-cost spay-neuter question or an access to free spay-neuter, you know, question, and then that becomes a positive resolution. You know, even our website, alleycat.org, you know, we have a lot of resources there. We have more resources than I can even name. Um, Every time I go in there, I find something new. And, you know, and I always tell people, you know, check when there, you know, there are some great talking points. There's some pamphlets you can download, you know, even with working with animal control. And, you know, you can always call on Alley Cat Allies and see if we can do even a, a webinar for them, like a Skype training. And I'll even reach out to animal control. And, you know, but the TNR groups are a great resource because because they've been doing this and they know what they're doing and they have the statistics and like you said, you know, they know where the surgeries can take place and you know, they're just a great resource and it's almost when you're when an animal control agency slash animal shelter is working with the T N R group, it it's a great relationship. It takes so much off of animal control and animal shelter and they're able to focus their resources on getting more animals adopted. You know, keep the feral cats out of the shelter. You know, the less animals you have in a shelter, the healthier that shelter is going to be. Keep the yeah. feral cats, you know, in the community where they should be. And you can get them TNR, get them vaccinated. Work with the community to get all your uh, adoptable animals into homes. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Flashlight tag was fun when you were a kid, but no one wants to play hide and seek with their trap. Find your trap's location quickly and safely, even when you visit it at night, with the Reveal Wild application for Samsung Galaxy, HTC One, Sony, Xperia, and other Android phones. Or go to tinyurl.com forward slash Reveal Wild. So, Alice, let's talk about some of the other initiatives that are happening with Alley Cat Allies. I know it's... uh, summertime right now, but soon enough it's going to be fall and um, National Feral Cat Day. Anything on the agenda with Alley Cat Allies? You know, we're really excited about this. Every year we get very excited about it. And what we do is we have thousands of different events that folks sign up for. And this, it really shows a creativity out there with people who are working with the community cats. And they have workshops. They have spay-neuter clinics. You know, the governments are doing these proclamations, and they're, they're fundraising for the local TNR programs. And you can go on to nationalferalcatday.org, and you can get some ideas. You can get more information and really get, you know, we're really supercharged stuff about this. That sounds great. Uh, do you know how long National Feral Cat Day has been around? I think it's got to be at least 10 years, if not maybe even longer than that. You know, I, I feel like it's like 10 or 15. I should know that. But, I, I mean, it's been, yeah, I think like maybe 10 or 15 years. I can actually find that well, out. Well, kudos well, for Becky for starting it because I think it's a, it's a fantastic day. 
Um, oh, it is. And, and, I mean, we just get so excited even, you know, when we release the new poster this year. You know, we were so excited, you know, amongst the staff and everybody, you know, it, it's certain things like that it just they really get you excited because you know it's not just the poster. What it represents is so much more. It's, you know, saving so many lives and educating so many people, and it just really is powerful. So I'm going to ask you a sort of a philosophical question, Alice, knowing what you know, knowing that you've been in the business for quite a while. So if you're looking ahead five or ten years across the country, what do you think life will be like for community cats? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, right now there's 575 jurisdictions that are doing TNR successfully. And those are just the ones that we know about. And that astounds me how many right now are doing it. And can you imagine how many in five years, let alone ten years, it just amazes me. And I think the one thing that really drives me is that these jurisdictions, they're implementing TNR, and they're, it's not a program where they say, okay, this isn't working, so we're going to stop it, and we're going to go back. It is successful. It does work. Once they try it, they stick with it. Right. I would say in any instance where TNR has been done properly, and I have to qualify it because there are instances where someone will say they have a managed colony and they've only sterilized 30% of that colony, and I would say that that's not a managed colony. But in any instance that I've been involved with where the colony has been fully managed, you know, as close to fully sterilized as possible, that there has never been an issue. And that's, I think that that's one thing that, uh, you know, is important to remember also is that is a good point that you bring up is best practices. You know, get them all spayed and neutered. Get them vaccinated. You know, make sure the place is clean. Make sure the, the food, you only want to leave it out for a half hour at a time. You don't want to attract the rodents and the wildlife. So, But I'm really big on best practices, and that's why that's one of the important points and positive benefits of having animal control involved in TNR because they're able to work with the caregivers and they're able to build that rapport and able to watch the colonies and the caregivers are more open to speaking with them and to change if it needs. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel that there are different levels of uh, colony management out there, and I I agree with you that I think we should always strive to do best practices working in the environment that we are in at that particular time. Priority is that spay neuter is at the top of the list first and foremost, you know, and then there's a a whole other checklist of other items after that. The greatest impact is on that the spay neuter side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going back to your position, you're also a shelter liaison. So is that for shelters that are looking to add a TNR program? Is that what you're helping them with? Well, it's ones that are looking to add a TNR program, but it's also shelters that are maybe struggling with the live release rates uh, and the euthanasia rates. And, you know, sometimes we get calls about certain shelters from concerned citizens. And what I do is I reach out to those shelters and set up a meeting and see how, you know, see if TNR is the right answer for them, which we all know it is, but are they ready to try it? And what I do is I go in and I talk with the staff, talk with the administration, and I talk with the community. 
about TNR and I educate them on how it does work. But it's not just that, you know, I go into the shelters and I talk to them about better adoption practices, setting up a low-cost spay-neuter program, cleaning protocols, and other programs. Any kind of program you can set up that improves the lives of the animals is going to resonate throughout the shelter. And I have resources through being with a shelter for 14 years and knowing so many people, I'm able to call upon them for resources. My main goal is TNR, but I am here to help shelters in any way I can. You know, I know we we all are focused on getting those live release rate numbers higher and higher, but I also feel that with TNR, we are also looking at a humane community, cat community, so there's so much more to it than just that one data point. Absolutely. need to address a, a bigger picture rather than just focusing on those live release rates because I think that there's, and I don't know how you evaluate it. I really, I'm not, I haven't seen the magical light to tell me, you know, how do I tell which community is, you know, a humane community for cats other than that kind of a statistic. But I do feel that there's components to that because you want to make sure that your community cats are, you know, well provided for too. Absolutely. And, you know, if we can get a shelter to implement TNR or animal control to support it and also help with the implementation, you know, it does, it helps the whole community. And you also, what happens is your community has a more positive opinion of your shelter and they sort of take almost an ownership and a vested interest. And it also helps with the morale of the staff. You know, they're euthanizing less. Um, They're seeing less kittens every spring. They're able to concentrate their efforts on other things and taking care of these adoptable animals who are now healthier because there are less animals in the shelter. So, Alice, if there was a shelter or an organization that was interested in reaching out to you to ask for assistance or ask some follow-up questions, how would they find you? Sure, you can go on our website at alleycat.org and uh, reach out, or you can call our National Cat Help Desk, and their phone number is 240-482-1980, and just ask to speak with me. They'll get a message to me, and I'll get I'll get back to you. And what we can do is we can see what the next steps are. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I just I really want to make sure everybody understands how well TNR works. Um, you know, I spoke before about you know the nuisance cat complaint calls, how they decreased from over 500 in one year to you know down to uh, less than 50 within two or three years. You know, it's a great program. It helps the community pull together, saving animals. You know, fewer animals are euthanized. And again, that, that builds the morale of your staff and the community will embrace that shelter. And it builds the community support between the caregivers. The relationship between the caregivers and animal control officers are going to be much stronger, and they're going to work together. And you're going to see that the community really will embrace TNR. seen it happen in so many communities up here in New England, and I've Mm -hmm. 
on the show, I hear more stories. I'm amazed at how successful it is and, and how it's becoming commonplace. And I think that that's one of our goals, you know, I would assume of Ali Catale's and certainly of my own, is that trap neuter return is a commonplace thing for feral cats. It's not questioned. It's just what we should do. It's the way we should be treating our feral cats. And we have a different process for our stray cats that are abandoned, the cats that I call the Adam and Eve cats that are, you know, recently abandoned and that they're friendly. That's where our shelters have to come into play. But, um, you know, the harder we work, the better that we are at managing those feral cat colonies, actually the fewer cats that we are going to end up having out on the streets over time, you know, with management, with all the community participation. We have to have sustainable community participation handling our community cats until we can resolve the problem of people abandoning their cats. And that's a, it's a big issue and that's something that, you know, we all need to work on. But I think for today's, you know, question, we're focused on showing that PNR works and it, it works in every every size community from small to large, you know, to poor communities. It works everywhere. So then um, we should just strive to have strong community TNR programs all across the country. Absolutely. And, you know, again, Alley Cat Allies, a huge resource, huge resource. And, you know, check out our website. I, what I suggest is because there's so much information on our website, you know, take a look at it today or tomorrow and look and see what's on there. Look at it before you absolutely need it. You know, get to know it and use that as a resource for educating others on TNR. It's huge. It's alleycat.org. I've been there many, many, many times over the years. I've referred people to it many, many, many times, and I agree with you. I think that check it out, rainy afternoon or, you know, at any point in time you have a quiet moment, check it out, get to know it. I've printed off those fact sheets. Mm -hmm. Also, when I've gone to do presentations with, like, a board of health invited me to speak once, I also went to a condo association meeting. Whenever I've had to go to those meetings, I've always printed Alley Cat Allies information off and put it in the information packet, those people. So it's a great resource when you want to advocate for even a small project, you know, in in your town. It's handy to have in your back pocket, put it that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, you know, every time I go in there, I find something new. And I learned something new. So that says a lot. But uh, but feel free to contact us. And, again, you know, you can reach me at 240-482-1980. That's our National Cat Help Desk. And those folks are absolutely wonderful. They not only love the community cats across the nation, across the world, but, you know, they love answering questions and helping folks and helping the animals. And um, that's what we're here for. Alice, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thanks for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. If you could go to iTunes and review the show, we'd really appreciate it. When you do, take a screenshot of your review, go to communitycatspodcast.com forward slash review, and enter your information and we'll send you a t-shirt. While you're there, don't forget to check out all the ways you can support the content you're passionate about. Thanks, everyone. Wow.